Oh, my brother and sister, there is grace for you. There is supply for you. And here is the Apostle Paul, and he's on his knees, and he's pleading with God that he will pour out his Spirit upon these people and make them to comprehend what is the height, the depth, the breadth of the love of God to their souls. There is an amazing supply, an abundant supply. And this is the work of the Spirit in the believer's heart. Are you seeking that today? This is why Christians must pray. This is why we need our devotional time and get alone with God and seek the fullness that is ours in Christ. Welcome, welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church, and this is Ian Gallagher. And I take great delight in bringing the message of God's Word to you day by day. Today we come to the message of Jesus, the bread of life. This is part two of the message aired Friday, and we come to the message today because, well, it's just the gospel. It's the good news that Jesus is the one who came from heaven, took human flesh, and lived the life that we should have lived, died on the cross to cover all the debts, the guilt, the sin, the shame. As our substitute, he truly died in our place. When you add that all up, you have the gospel. You have the good news that Jesus is the Savior we need. He's all-sufficient. He is in our nature, he gives us assurances that when we believe on him and trust in him, that he will save our souls. And so this is the message of today, and I trust that you will stay tuned right through to the end. And of course, we'll give the announcements, our phone number and email, website, and all about our church ministry here. I invite you to stay with us right through the program as today we let the Bible speak on Jesus, the bread of life. And the Word goes on to say that if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And so there's endless mercy that comes to us from the work of the cross. Uh, when the Lord saved sinners, let's note this, uh, when he said to people, thy sins be forgiven thee, it was sins in total. It wasn't partial forgiveness. It wasn't piecemeal forgiveness. Well, uh, you can be this much forgiven today, and if you're a good man, we'll, we'll forgive you this much tomorrow. And if you keep on being good, we'll, we'll forgive you a little more each day. No, he announced. Think of the man who was sick of the palsy, brought in a stretcher to Jesus and laid at his feet. He not only healed him, but he pronounced, Thy sins be forgiven thee, the totality of his sin. And that's the mercy that we're enjoying today as we remember Calvary, as we take that cup and bread. What are we saying? Lord, this blood means my sins are gone. This bread means that I have full fellowship with my living Lord Jesus. We try to sing that great hymn of Samuel Davies. It's number 26 in our hymnal. 
Great God of wonders, all thy ways are matchless, godlike and divine. And then the, uh, the refrain, Who is a pardoning God like thee? Who has grace so rich and free? Or who has grace so rich and free? So the Lord gives us endless mercy out of that sufficiency. Now, now think of where we got, how we got here. Think of those 12 baskets filled. Think of the 5,000 men, and besides how many ever else were there, all filled to capacity. And, and there was the over and above in those 12 baskets. And it was all this, the creating power of the Lord Jesus. Now we're taking that to the spiritual realm. And out of the life of the Lord Jesus comes sufficient, abundant mercy. Every sin goes. As far as the east is from the west, they're cast away from us, blotted out, never to be seen again. They're gone. And then comes grace. Because this Lord Jesus, we're told in John 1, is full of grace. And we receive, we all receive of his grace. Grace for grace. When you read that in the Bible, grace for grace, it means an endless flow and supply of grace. Now, what is grace? It's one of those great Christian Bible terms that's really beyond definition because it's beyond comprehension. Mercy we apply to the forgiveness of sins. It deals with the negative. It deals with the things that are separate between us and God. Mercy is forgiveness. Grace, we would say, is the divine supply of spiritual life, spiritual power, strength, help, the indwelling of the Lord's enabling power that we might be overcomers in the Lord Jesus. And for us today, there is endless grace. You'll never burn up all the grace of the Lord Jesus. You know, the Lord doesn't just open up a little bank account of grace, and you're allowed to withdraw from it a little bit. But if you take too much, uh, the account will run dry. The Lord doesn't give you a little amount and say, you can enjoy so much, and that's enough. No, we receive of him grace for grace, abundant grace. And just as all that crowd was satisfied with the creating power of the Lord, every Christian, every believer, everyone who trusts in the Lord Jesus receives more grace than he can handle, more grace than we have capacity to enjoy. So this is not a question of sufficiency. It's a question of capacity. Do I have enough room in my heart to receive the grace of the Lord Jesus. Now, this grace is endless soul satisfaction. We think of that bread, that those 12 baskets, they really are a testimony to satisfaction. There wasn't one complaint in the crowd. And, and as I said, if I had been at the back of the crowd, well, I saw others getting fed at first, I would have thought there'll not be enough 
to feed me. There won't be enough for me. But everybody was fed, and there was food left over. And so I can say today that in my Christian life, as Jesus is not only physical bread, He is the true bread from God that came down from heaven, that His flesh, His body, is that bread that was broken at the cross. We talk about the communion service being the breaking of bread. Our Lord Jesus is the true bread. His body was broken, bruised, crucified. And out of that life of the Lord Jesus, there is sufficient supply for me. Let me give you a few examples of this. Let me give you just a few real-term examples. Many saints of old have testified of living in fellowship with the Lord in terms of sweetness. Uh, they talk about being in the, the trysting place with Christ. That's really a term from, from lovers who enjoy the company of each other. And that's the experience of the Christian. In prayer, the Lord meets with us, breathes on us, and the Lord fills souls with spiritual life and joy. Now you say, what does that look like? How does that work out in people's lives? Well, let's go to Acts 7 and verse 55. Acts 7 and verse 55. Here is Stephen. Stephen was a godly man. Stephen was a man under great pressure and being persecuted for his faith. And when he was faced with the anger of the crowd, did the Lord come to his aid and meet his need? Here we find that in the hour of great need, that he wasn't left to himself. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God. Here is this sufficiency, this divine supply. And of course, the third person of the Trinity is the one who gives. He's the channel. He is the one who bestows life and power. And it is the life of the Lord flowing into the heart. And here is Stephen in the hour of his great need, and he, he looks up to heaven, and, and he's full of the Spirit. The Lord can work such grace in us. We read in Acts 2 that when they were all uh, come together and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, there is a spiritual infilling that the Christian enjoys, a satisfaction of soul a fullness. In times of revival, and not now just speaking of Pentecost, but I'm speaking of periods of revival in the history of the Christian church, there have been those who have been in meetings or in what they would call revival meetings, and the Spirit of God came down in such power 
that they had to cry out, no more, Lord, no more. I can't receive any more. It's not a matter of sufficiency. It's a matter of capacity. And as those men were filled with bread, the Lord can fill your life, and He can meet the individual need of your own soul. Now, we read that prayer of Paul in Ephesians 3, and I want to go back to that now. I want you to see how the apostle, in a very doctrinal prayer, called on the Lord to work in the hearts of Christians this fullness. And if you look down at verse 19, you'll see the word fullness. Ephesians 3, verse 19. And in this prayer, he is really speaking of the abundance of provision. Look at verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. There's the, the over and above sufficiency. And to know the love of Christ, which passive knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, my brother and sister, there is grace for you. There is supply for you. And here is the Apostle Paul, and he's on his knees, and he's pleading with God that he will pour out his Spirit upon these people and make them to comprehend what is the height, the depth, the breadth of the love of God to their souls. There is an amazing supply, an abundant supply. And this is the work of the Spirit in the believer's heart. Are you seeking that today? This is why Christians must pray. This is why we need our devotional time and get alone with God and seek the fullness that is ours in Christ. Many of us are living on the fumes of a worldly life with little prayer and little time with God, and we therefore do not enter into the fullness uh, that is ours in the Lord. Now, in a wrap-up, I really want to come to the availability of this bread. And that's the story of John chapter 6. And I'm just going to go down the line here. In verse 32, uh, you will see that it's available as God's gift. John 6, verse 32. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread. It's a gift. The Father gives the true bread. And then in verse 33, it's available to all in the world. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth his life unto the world. Now, that was a necessary little statement because the Jews thought it was just for Israelites. But it's not just for Israelites. It's for people of all nations. It's for Gentiles too. This bread is available as the gift of God. It's a gift. It's available to all in the world. And verse 34, to those that are hungry. And they said unto him, Lord, evermore give us 
this bread. There's the hungry heart crying out, Lord, give us this bread. It's available also personally. Verse 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. You need to come to him, and he's the one that offers it. It's not found anywhere else but in the person of the Lord Jesus. And then down in verse 40, it is available to all who believe. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, I want to point out something there, that the believing and the coming are equal terms in verse 40. This is the will of him that sent me, that every one that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Now, we'll add to that verse 35, I am the true and the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me. Do you see that coming and believing are the same? Some people say, I believe on Jesus. Did you ever come to him? No. I believe everything about the cross work of Calvary. Did you ever ask to have your sins washed in that blood that was shed on the cross? No. I believe in these great doctrines of the gospel. Yes, you have them in your head. But did you ever pray that they will be applied to your heart? Believing and coming are equal in the Bible. And this bread, this sufficiency, this endless supply of grace is available to all who believe. But believing, true believing, means to come, to receive and accept the gift that you receive. Now, what about your soul? Can you say that you are satisfied with this true bread from God? Can you really say as a Christian, I once tried the world, I tried the booze of the world and the lusts of the world and the sin and the vices of the world. I've tried the dance floor. I have tried the places of entertainment, and they have never satisfied my soul. But I heard of Christ, and I heard the gospel, and I have come. I not only accepted the reality, but I came as a sinner. And I called on the Lord Jesus to be my Savior, to give me his eternal life in my heart. And I am satisfied. I have no desire for the world anymore. I'm at peace with God. And I am living a life of contentment, knowing that it is well with my soul. All of this from the basket of fragments. Those men, if you asked them, did you get enough? Did you finish all your food? No, I couldn't finish it. Too much. I had to give up those fragments. That's the testimony 
of one who has been fed by the Lord Jesus, the Son of God. And when we take this cup and bread today and we display our faith in the work of the cross, we are saying what Jesus did on that cross is enough. It is all sufficient, infinitely sufficient to save my soul. I trust in nothing else. The blood of Jesus and his righteousness, they satisfy. They bring me peace with God. That's what you'll be saying should you participate in this communion today. And that means that you have come to Christ and you have believed on him. And that means that now you are feeding on the living bread on that true bread, the bread of God which came down from above, that bread which he gave as his own body on the cross. And you're saying, that's my hope. That's my salvation. That's my peace and plenty. I trust that you will be able to do that today. If not, I bid you come, believe, come, Look to the one who can bring everlasting peace to your heart and satisfy the need of your soul. He will, and he does. Let 
The Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. And as we're dealing here today with the grace of the Lord Jesus, represented in that bread that he dispensed to the 5,000 and more, the Lord continues to dispense grace to us. He is the bread of life, and those who believe in him receive eternal life. And it is this life by simple faith in the Lord Jesus that we are saved. It is by trusting in his person and work, the righteousness that he acquired in his perfect living, the blood that he shed in his atoning death, that we are saved for glory. Justification, it is admitted by all evangelical Christians that the standing or falling in the church is that of justification by faith. And there you have it. It's faith, not our works, not our own doing, not our church attendance, baptism, communion, not our loudness in protesting against the world, but it is by simple personal trust in the Lord Jesus that we make his righteousness to be Hours. Mr. Spurgeon said, I said that clothed in the righteousness of Christ, we are accepted as if we had never sinned. I correct myself. Had we never sinned, we could only have stood in the righteousness of man. But this day, by faith, we stand in the righteousness of God himself. The doings and the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ make up for us a wedding dress more glorious than human merit could have spun, even if unfallen Adam had been the spinner. Oh, he is delighting indeed in the perfect, finished, white righteousness that the Lord Jesus gives to every believer. And yes, for the prayer of faith to look unto Jesus as the perfect, sinless, substitute Savior, and to call on him in faith brings all the merits, all the worth, all the riches of the right living of Jesus into your life. Can you do that? Can you bow the knee today and say, Lord, thou art all I want? You have finished the work that is perfect, and it's enough for me? That is how you're saved. And if I can be of personal help to you, I'm only a phone call away, or you can send me an email. So feel free to be in touch. I also have a little booklet called A New Beginning, and it will give you Bible verses and helps along the way on how to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus as your Redeemer and Savior. You can read it online, or you can send for a copy. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each day as we let the Bible speak. Stay tuned now for these announcements. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music